You're listening to the Retirement Remix Show with financial advisors and hosts Chip Munn, that's me, and John Tate of Signature Wealth Group. Get ready for a bite-sized dose of timely and actionable financial planning and retirement tips alongside remixed retirement stories from real people just like you. Listen in now to be inspired, find direction, and build your own retirement remix. Welcome back to the Retirement Remix. I'm Chip Munn. And I'm John Tate. And today we're going to be talking about money and relationships. More specifically, we're going to get into the fact that one partner typically kind of plays more of a role of a CFO in a relationship. You know, John, one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot is is kind of just the the nature of how different every relationship is. But one of the things that I've always found is it typically ends up being either uh, one partner or the other that kind of takes the lead when it comes to the finances. What has been your experience in dealing with folks as to really kind of how that plays out in relationship? I mean, to me, when I talk to uh, people that come into the office and ask us questions and want us to help them, um, it's usually the one that uh, has done it before, either in their professional life or uh, something else. It just falls naturally to them. And so they just start doing it. And, um, and the other one, uh, you know, takes a back seat and doesn't really argue all that much. Um, but it, it, there have been some cases where neither of them wanted to do it and it, uh, it just didn't get done. And so that's when you have to kind of take the role of uh, a mentor and say, this is really important. Somebody needs to either take over the responsibility or you need to share the burden and, and figure out how you can make an equitable relationship. Yeah. And I, I think it's important really to, to kind of frame it as to uh, why this matters, right? It, the biggest thing when it comes to handling your finances is making sure that you stay on course. We want to make sure that we have a plan in place, but then also a big part of that is making somebody, sure that somebody, um, yeah, and the financial advisor plays a role in that, but in the day-to-day that somebody is helping to make sure that uh, couples stay on course. One of the biggest things, John, that I've found uh, at least here in the last couple of years, especially, is uh, really a, the importance of getting clear on communications. I've seen a lot of times when um, when two partners don't agree. You know, if you sit down and do a what's important to you, a lot of times you see that that ne- they aren't necessarily exactly the same priority. How how important is communication in kind of determining that and then also in really figuring out who it is that that may take more of a lead. Well, you know, it's and it's easy when when both uh, spouses or or both parts of the couple when they both have jobs and they both work, it's very easy to start out on one course and kind of autopilot it as I as I like to call it and um and so that that involves making some assumptions, some assumptions that things have not changed, that autopilot is still the correct course. And unless you're communicating, unless you're talking through it, you can think things are okay when they're actually not. And I'll give you just a, an analogous uh, example to that. I 
you know, 18 months ago, you know, I've talked about this before. I hired a personal trainer for the first time in my life to help me work out because I needed to get some exercise. And um, every three to six months, we kind of meet and go back over goals. And he said, well, you know, in your arms and your chest and your back, I'm seeing in muscle definition and in your legs, I'm seeing muscle definition. But when it comes to the middle part around, uh, around your waist, I'm not really seeing any change at all. And that's probably due to diet. So let's talk about that. And I said, well, you know, I'm not doing anything different. I'm, I'm exercising more. I'm not eating out as much. And he said, well, you know, you probably should go home and reassess and just see where you are with the eating. And so that was on a Thursday. And on a Friday morning, I stopped by Chick-fil-A, my favorite drive-thru, uh, on my way to the office. And um, I pulled into the, to the drive-thru and not one, but not two, but three Chick-fil-A employees peeked their head out of the window and said, hey, Mr. John, how are you doing this morning? And I thought to myself, we may have a problem. Um, so even if you think things are going on a specific course, unless you're there to talk about it with them, and you may not think you need to talk about it, but it may be something that you can sit down over a glass of wine or just in a, a relaxed atmosphere. It doesn't have to be intense and just make sure that either the goals are the same or the spending patterns are the same. And you can't just make assumptions like a lot of people do. And the only way you can do that is through constant, you know, regularly scheduled kind of communication. Yeah, and one of the things that I've started doing this year is actually having physical, uh, for in-person meetings, physical goal cards that uh, each uh, of the partners can manipulate and kind of prioritize. And it's always interesting to me the stories that come out of that because all we're asking is, you know, what are your priorities for the year? And you're looking at these different options, and you find out how different it is, but it, it also it sparks a lot of conversation. And I, I think it's important to highlight that this doesn't have to be hard or scary or complicated. It's just a, you know, the, the surest way to come up with a plan that both of you can uh, agree with. And this is whether you're planning for retirement or in retirement. It's really just money and life is, is having those kinds of conversations, getting through what kind of the differences are, and, and really, again, one of the biggest struggles that I see, John, is not having a plan at all and, and just kind of saying, you know what, I've got some Social Security coming in or uh, I have these investments. You know, I, I feel like it's going to work out. And, and I think that for a lot of folks, not having clarity around what that plan is can lead to a lot of trouble. It can. And, and, you know, if you have, if you have a person, you have regular communication, you have a person in the relationship that's kind of taking the reins, watches the bank account, sees where uh, unusual spending patterns might develop or uh, pop up over time. I mean, that's usually the healthiest relationship that walks through the door of this office. And even if it's not the CFO, even if the other person that doesn't normally, um, you know, make suggestions about the budget. If they can at least talk about goals that they have, uh, you know, it, it makes for a better spending pattern throughout the whole year. And it usually the ones that are the most organized, they typically will leave some excess spending on the table to, to put into the next year for other goals that maybe either they didn't get to this year or things that they look out into the future and say, well, that's not a goal today, but it is a goal 12 months from now, and it's going to take me longer than 12 months to save up for it. Yeah, and another thing that I found is, in, in addition kind of to the day-to-day, -day, is that oftentimes 
one, one partner may handle the investments, may be more interested in that, and the other one may be more involved in the day-to-day spending. The, the issue, sometimes it can crop up, and one of the struggles that I see is that particularly as, as couples have been in retirement over time, the one who isn't as involved in either or, you know, so where there's not a whole lot of communication, uh, eventually there comes a time when one partner gets concerned that the other partner doesn't know enough. And, and we see that a lot. I've seen that a lot recently uh, with retired couples who uh, specifically of late, the husband is concerned that, you know, he, he has not involved his wife enough. And I think that there are, if you look at the statistics on, on how often, I think the average age of a widow is 58, um, you know, and how often women in particular end up dealing with the household finances alone. It's an incredibly important thing to make sure that that everybody's as involved or at least involved enough to make sure that they can be comfortable with with what's going on. Most of the time, the ones it, it causes not only you know financial distress but also emotional distress at the time when the spouse or the partner that is not usually paying attention or not usually involving themselves in the investing or the budgeting, if if some kind of medical emergency arises, there is uh, more than one type of emergency that comes as a part of that and. It's, it's tougher to handle for the, the person that all of a sudden has to pay attention. And so the more, the little uh, incremental ways that you can um, involve yourself in both the investments and finance and uh, taxes and estate planning, uh, the more little things you can do along the way will help out a great deal in the end. Yeah, I think that you know, one of the keys to, so we'll transition. Uh, we, we've talked a little bit about struggles, but looking at the things that have made folks successful, uh, it, again, to point out, it doesn't have to be heavy and complicated. There, there's a, you know, you can be uh, interested without being overly involved. And, and I think that for some folks, I see a lot of uh, folks who say, oh, I don't want to get into all of that. And, and I understand that. But, uh, it doesn't have to be a big thing. One of the things, John, that I would consider to be kind of a key to success is really just having a clear purpose. You know, for for me, one of the things that we talk about in, in our team a lot is, you know, know your purpose, have a plan, trust the process. And I, I think that understanding and having a, a common purpose it is a big key to success when we're looking at uh, developing a longer-term plan for retirement income. What are some things that you think uh, end up helping folks be successful? Well, you know, as part of a, a developing a purpose and having a plan, we are, as financial advisors, we're very heavily involved in that process. And so that kind of indicates that it may take more than one person or a peop, uh, you know, uh, offices or professions in order to gather the people around you to create kind of a team Chip or a team John or a team uh, Cheryl, whoever it might be. And so putting together a team of professionals that can help you with the different aspects of the plan and having it become as clear as possible 
I think that's a, a pretty big key to success as well. Yeah, for sure. And then I would add to that, in addition to having a team and having kind of a, a clear purpose to really come up with a process and some ground rules that you're going to operate under. I find that most uh, relationships, most people individually, really uh, operate best inside of a framework that where there are some guardrails on either side and that you have something that you can regularly refer back to, you know, particularly when times are tough. You know, we look back in 2020 and all the different financial and emotional and, and medical turmoil that a lot of people faced. What I found was those that had a framework, that had a process, fared much better and were much more comfortable just, again, kind of in their own skin because they had thought about it during a time and really kind of come up with their their framework during a time when they weren't stressed out and emotional. I find those to be really bad times to make a decision. <laughs> Correct. Whenever you're stressed out, that's uh, it's like going to the grocery store hungry. Uh, you're not going to come back home with all the things that you need, or you're going to come home with a whole lot more than you need. Um, but is there a part, you mentioned the framework and the process. Is there, is there for those of, that are listening that don't know where to start on the framework or uh, what part of the process, what, what would you suggest to them as the best place to, to start for that? Well, I think the best place to start anything is right here, right now. But the biggest key to that is being willing to be honest with yourself. You know, in, in our, in our process, uh, you know, we call point A kind of a reality check. So we, we kind of do planning from point A to point B and, and figure out the in-between. But point A, I call a reality check because, you know, all progress begins by telling the truth. And so one of the people that, you know, that we can be uh, least comfortable being honest with sometimes is ourselves. And so getting a really clear picture of where we are, what we have, what we owe, what we spend, and what we make, what's coming in, what's going out, and what do we have. And that's, I think, the beginning part of the process is just, and, and sometimes you mentioned being, a, being financial advisors, one of the things that we do is help facilitate that process of pulling it all together. I, I see so many people who have things strewn all over the place, and not only you know is it a mess while they're living and trying to kind of keep their arms around it, it also makes it tough on the family later down the road. And we can talk more about uh, estate planning uh, maybe on a different show. But, I mean, for you, John, what are you, you know, as we kind of transition towards what will be our next topic next week, what are, what are some of the things after we've come up with point A that you think are going to be really important as we start to look into really developing uh, a clear picture for the future. Well, we, uh, let's see. So, I mean, you know, coming up with that reality check, telling the truth, coming, you know, to grips with where you are and what you have to accomplish, you know, there are going to be a lot of, of, um, you know, objectives that you want to accomplish between that part and point B. And, you know, one of the ones that, that people always talk about when they come into the office is how do, what is the best way for me to spend down the money that I've spent my life saving and growing? 
how do I, what's the best way to get that to the people that, and organizations that I want to give it to? Uh, and what is the best way to spend money with my family and have fun while I'm alive? And um, so we spend a lot of time talking about that. And that's usually a big part of the in-between point A and point B. And so I'm sure we can get to that in the next episode. Yes. Is there anything you would add? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, again, as I would, the, the key here, like in anything in a relationship, is to communicate, communicate, communicate. Uh, and really, yeah, as we look into, yeah, we're, we're talking right now kind of perhaps uh, somebody doing their own planning individually or, or with a, uh, a partner or a spouse, but it also extends to family. And, and that's what we're going to talk about next time is, is gifting and family and how to get the most uh, transfer of your values, not just your value in the financial sense and how we can make that work and make it work in a way, you know, they, they say, John, that if you ever really want to know somebody, share an inheritance with them. And I think that there are a lot of folks who have experience in that. And so how they deal with, you know, typically as we get toward retirement, we've dealt with being on the receiving end perhaps of uh, the estate planning process where we're having to help settle out you know, a parent or a grandparent's situation. And, and it's having had that experience, we just want to see people benefit from getting the most out of proactively planning it for themselves. So we're going to talk about that next time. John, I've enjoyed spending time with you today. I look forward to doing it again. Yes, sir. And just as a, a closing question, who's the CFO in your relationship? Is it you or Trish? That'd be me. Um, I, you know, I, I probably because I do it for a living, uh, and honestly, uh, because I like to spend money and she doesn't, and so uh, I'm I'm afraid to uh, to turn over the spending part to her because uh, I like to spend more than she does, and that that's a big big thing. How about you, John? It's it's the same. I'm I'm the CFO over here, and uh, Kristen came to me last week and wanted to know what the password was to our uh, online banking account because she didn't know it, and she wanted to go in and look and see how much she paid for something. So um, it's one of those things where I'm incrementally trying to get her involved, and uh, sometimes it's easier than others. Yeah, uh, Trish has a big interest in investing, so she she has definitely been. Um, yeah, interested in learning more about that. But in terms of, like I said, I'm just, I'm afraid to give up the, I, I'm afraid my credit card might get limited. Um, and and I, don't, I don't want that. So next time we'll talk about, uh, you know, gifting and family spending and, and all things that kind of go around that and how that can impact your plan. Uh, for John Tate, this is Chip Munn. We will see you again uh, next week. See you later. There we have it, another great episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, here are four ways that we can help. First, complete the Retirement Success Scorecard to discover whether or not you're on track to a successful retirement on your terms. You can find this at signaturewealth.com scorecard. Second, get a complimentary copy of my book, The Retirement Remix. Whether you're interested in real life retirement stories and inspiration from others like you, or 
you want to learn more about Medicare and Social Security. It's all in there. Go to theretirementremix.com to grab your copy. Third, listen in on bi-weekly office hours with our team. We host live virtual office hours to share new investment and planning information and answer your money, markets, and retirement questions. Find the details to join us at signaturewealth.com slash office hours. And fourth, schedule a complimentary strategy call with one of our advisors to make sure you're on track toward your ideal retirement. Go to signaturewealth.com and select the Signature Wealth office closest to you. We'll be back here next week for more on the Retirement Remix. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.